Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to languages for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again in another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Masks of Yonathotep in the Egypt chapter tonight. So before we get to our introductions, I would like to thank all of our Patreon supporters. You can join them at patreon.com slash the Old Ways Podcast. Come, enjoy, have some fun, lose a little sanity, and uh, enjoy the journey along the way. Now, I'd like to do introductions, so to my right. This is Tiffany, and I play Maeve O'Shea, and guess what? I'm reading books. This does not shock me in the least. <laughs> it uh, should. <laughs> to Miss O'Shea's right. This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane, and I, too, am trying to read a book. Yeah, you seem to have developed a nosebleed. We'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, at the end of the table. This is Jake. I'm playing Jack Doyle, and I am not reading a book. I am enjoying the wonderful sea air. You know, the Mediterranean is fantastic this time of year. Oh, yeah. And it's so much nicer than uh, January everywhere, I mean, February <laughs> or March, wherever that we had. You know, I think it is fortuitous that as we, during the recording, are going into the winter months here, we are going into the beauty and luster that is the Egyptian sun. To Jake's right. This is Lonnie, and I am present at the table. Mm, which and that's all you get to know. <laughs> for now, for now, for now. Welcome back, Lonnie, officially. Glad uh, to be back. <laughs> Talani's right. This is James. I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tottenbach. And, well, um, I pretend to be a book. I don't know. <laughs> Entirely possible. Entirely possible. And last, but most certainly not least. Uh, this is Alex. I'll be playing Sam Beron. And uh, given recent opportunities, I may have secured a future for myself in a growth industry with perks like international travel and creative opportunities for problem-solving with uh, life-altering interactions with new and interesting people. Wow. That's, that's a lot of words for smuggler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the two words you're looking for is contract killer. Yeah. Uh, so we raise the curtain tonight aboard a vessel, which is nearing the end of its journey uh, to a port. But not Port Said. More on that later. We'll be getting to a different Egyptian port, one that is maybe a little bit less frequented. But before we get too far along in our voyage tonight, uh, we'd like to check in with Dr. Tottenbach, as he was not available. He was a little busy the last couple of recordings, but now he's freed up. And uh, we'd like to get to know, over the, the past four days of the voyage, what do you think Dr. Tottenbach would spend his time doing primarily? Um, I would say that Dr. Tottenbach has spent a good majority of the time. Actually, uh, he has been probably reading a, a few books you know i mean that is apparently the the thing to do now that's the hip activity um some books on psychology books on dreams and he's um spending some time in meditation and sleeping hmm. okay yeah the, the the sea air is probably even though you're not necessarily so much a fan of water as we know doctor mm -hmm. the internal portion 
of the ride is you're able to place something in front of the window as to block out that as necessary. And you are able to get some clarity mentally. It has been a very trying time in the past few weeks. Um, You get visited probably a couple of times, likely once by Lillian. Perhaps uh, some of your other compatriots might just check in on you. But the voyage in and of itself is relatively calm. Wonderful. Um, Then, yeah, Doc definitely uses it as downtime and um, his to pursue some some further interest in archetypal uh, psychology. Sure. The the inner workings of the mind and the dream state have suddenly and recently become fascinating to the doc. No, I can't imagine why. I'd, I'd like to know from the rest of you, uh, are you taking any meals together? Are you keeping separate mostly over those four days outside of what's been already decided but are, are, are there any communal portions going on well uh during the day as much as the sun is out i'm probably out on the deck so yes. i mean unless people are coming out there to eat okay well i mean they're not serving you food out there no matter how cool you think you are well i'll probably <laughs> grab something and take okay. it out I'm not saying I'm going to have them, like, wait on me, but I'm just saying, like, you know, I might grab a sandwich. And So, the, in that case, then, uh, beyond you sunning yourself on the deck, Miss O'Shea, it, is there any other communal aspect to this, or are the parties staying disparate for the moment? Only communal aspect the Doc is having is that he's checking on everyone physically. Uh, checking on everyone physically around the ship, um, his compatriots, not everyone, I line up for your physicals. No, um, checking just, you know, his companions to make sure Jack's wound is okay, that everyone is doing all right. Sure. Mentally and physically. And then get some food back in his room. Sure. I guess if you'd like then, Doctor, why don't you make me a psychology roll? Because I know for a fact that, um, Miss Lane is likely to want to talk to you. Uh, 81 over 79, but I'm going to go ahead and spend a couple of, of luck on that. Okay. For the most part, the crew is in reasonable spirits. The group is in a probably a quite understandably different state. They have come off of a couple of traumatic events, Jack especially, being being physically wounded as bad as he is. And then also, too, there's a lot of unknowns. And it doesn't really creep into your brain until you get a little closer to Egypt. But one of the things that you begin to remember is you don't speak Arabic. I really don't. And you're not very certain how many people here do, if if anyone. Nope. And you're going to go into a country whose primary language is Arabic. And even though they might know some English because of the, the British's, British history there, um, you're you're going to be in a country finally where your English is not the primary language, nor is German, and uh, that could prove to be enlightening. Hmm. I'm educational, but um, not perhaps in the way that we are going to be wanting. Um, I had a communal thing. Yeah. So after the 
and a gripping conversation I had with Jack regarding the nature of the stone and the, the I guess the, the gravity of the situation. My intent was to kind of refocus my studies as opposed to, to focusing on doing it in solitude, um, considering time is of the essence. I was probably going to start spending a bit more time in orbit um, around Maeve, assuming that she's not like in isolation and kind of passingly asking for like feedback on my interpretation of some piece of let's say life as a god or Africa's dark sex um, and I would be offering up the uh, fourth size references his Arabic references and that book that came from um, what is her name the spice shop owner Sahar Shafiq Yes, Jafik's book that is in Arabic that I've been trying to basically use as my workbook for Arabic interpretation. Um, sure. But she seems to have a penchant for languages. So assuming that, you know, it, it piques your interest at all, I was basically going to kind of create a little work pile up on the deck where she seems to be sunning during the day and just kind of have the stuff out and engage in kind of casual conversation about whatever. Well, I can totally read Arabic. So if you need help with Arabic, I can, I can read it. Well, we haven't decoded this particular tome at all. Um, so I think it'd be worth figuring out whether there's any, any utility to be gained from it whatsoever. Yeah. I'll go ahead and, Give it a read. Uh, give me about uh, what? How long do you think for a skim? Three hours? Four hours? Yeah, it doesn't even take you four hours. Oh, it takes you twenty minutes. Oh, okay. Because you open it up, and four pages in, you realize what it is. It's the Quran. Oh. Then I'll like hand it back. It's the Quran. Oh, okay. It's it's a very beautiful version of the Quran. Uh, artistically speaking, right? The cover is very fine. The pages are inlaid with all sorts of wonderful additions, colorings to the text, pictures, etc. But it is, in fact, the Quran. So you can read Arabic, but can you speak it? No. Interesting. Languages are usually easier to read than they are to speak. Especially if they've never heard the language. Um... Depending on how things go when we arrive uh, in Egypt, there is another conversation that I, I feel we should probably have that will not be nearly as blood-boiling as the last one, but it should be had in relative confidence. Not because I want to hide anything from anyone. Mm -hmm. Just because I feel like there's an understanding that I'd like to try to come to with you. What's that? Well, as I said, I don't know if we can have the conversation now. Uh, I'd kind of like to see how things pan out when we arrive. Because um, it's not pressing, necessarily. It's not a point of concern. Okay. Diego does, at some point, the, the captain of the vessel, does at some point gather the five of you. And uh, he says he has a concerning, a matter of concern before you reach the shore. Likely, Sam, he would have you probably gather your compatriots, your um, fellow passengers. Sure. Over a fairly stained cup of whatever it is he's drinking that passes for coffee, 
he says, you need to understand that landing at Alexandria will be a little different than you might think. Uh, Alexandria and, and Port Said operate totally differently than the ports you may have been used to. There are very little in the way of actual slips for a boat like ours to dock to. Most passenger vessels uh, arrive at the edge of the dock area and uh, arrive by barge. Passengers are loaded, offloaded from them to flotillas, and then you are brought in. We will have a place to arrive. We will have a port, as we are a shipping vessel, not normally carrying passengers. I need your passports. As I assume, he eyes, very briefly eyes Sam, I assume you would all like to avoid standard custom procedures. That would be ideal. Very much so, yeah. Then I will need your passports. I have the proper material and uh, stamps to make them legal in Egypt, but you must understand this before you leave my vessel. If you are caught and the passports are seized and they are placed against proper stamping from the offices in Cairo, there is the possibility that the passports could be seized. At first or perhaps second inspection, there should be no difference. But if they bring them to the enforcement masters there, the actual collectors, they will know the difference. They may be swayed, potentially, in matters of finance, but those are difficulties you would have to deal with directly. So are we expecting to be, I guess, questioned in Cairo as well? No. You, that is the purpose of you giving me your passports now, to create the proper markings and stampings of arrival. So that way, when you arrive in Alexandria and walk through the port, you are already stamped by customs having already traveled to Egypt before. Uh, I see. The gentleman there should look at them for only but a moment, and you'll be able to walk right in. Well, it sounds foolproof, Doc says with a smile. I will look over my shoulder at the group. I understand any apprehension you might have at this, but um, this is what we agreed to. Yeah, this shouldn't be a problem. One way or another, we'll take care of it. Truly, I would offer you one last piece of advice about Cairo, about Egypt. Find someone quickly who can act as your guide. There are hundreds of dragomen who know the city and its streets. There are also a large percentage of them that may be more than willing to act unscrupulously if they believe that you are to be taken as uh, fools. I don't believe you are. So pick your guide wisely and uh, pick up as much Arabic and as quickly as you can. Understood. If I may, lastly, understand that Egypt is a place of change. It has changed very recently. And although the king is no longer sultan, uh, the power of Egypt is still here. And the presence of the British is also here. Even though they have said Egypt is a nation unto itself now, I would not believe that for a moment. I have never known them to give up good real estate. No, nor precious artifacts. 
which the uh, which anyone at the customs will be key to search bags for. I uh, I do not know your ends here in the country. I do not want to know them. It's safer for everyone. But I would also advise if you are going to take any treasures from Egypt in any way, shape, or form, be very careful about what you remove from this place. Now, we should reach Dock in less than three hours. Once we are there, you'll exit, and we likely will not see each other again. Your passports, please. Doc hands over his passport without hesitation. Yeah, I'll give him my passport. Okay. Over the next couple of hours, um, what he does is essentially five very well-crafted forgeries of your passports. Um, He doesn't change much of anything other than your entrance dates. And so that way he tells you that you should be able to walk through the port and simply show them, oh, yeah, we were stamped a couple of weeks ago. It's good for however long, and we should be fine. We should be able to walk right through. Um, Sam, he takes a little extra time with yours and reminds you, obviously, that um, whatever agreements are in place, he hopes that you are for fortunate to resolve them quickly. I pay my debts. I'm certain you do. I do have a question. You mentioned um, the potential of uh, exporters. Are you familiar with any? Several. Any reputable? (laughs) Reputable and disreputable, my friend. Reputable as in you value the reputation, and they do. Oh, um, certainly. I know one or two that I would potentially trust with the right type of cargo. Is there something you're looking to move out of Egypt? I would say anything is possible. Well, I head back to Venice and then I am off to a few other ports. I don't know when you are planning on leaving Egypt. I doubt you do as well. But uh, if you have need of him, I could give you a uh, ship captain that I know. I just kind of offer him a slip of paper. Yeah. He writes down uh, a first name. Uh, his first name is Andre. And he gives you the location of his housing, his uh, where he does his shipping and receiving. It's in Port Said, which is pretty common. It's the major port that runs through uh, for the Suez. Um, and he says that uh, if you need to contact him about shipping something anywhere in the world, Andre is a person that he would would contact. Should I mention that you referred him? Oh, clearly. Yes, we are friends. Well, um, friends perhaps is a strong word. We are acquaintances. We respect each other's business acumen, if you understand. Friendly competitors, then. Clearly. Uh, He operates in lanes that I do not. Makes sense. As I said before, there are collectors among us, so should not be surprised. I appreciate it. Yes, indeed. Now... Make yourself ready. So what I'd like to do now is before we make landfall, I would like to give the investigators here the opportunity to do a bit of character advancement. It has been a little while since we've done it. You've had a chance to go over some skills. So we'll just go around the table minus 
our uh, returning guest, Lonnie, um, as uh, he has his own troubles to deal with at the moment. And uh, we'll see if you've got any skill ticks, and we'll go through them, and then we'll give you some luck and go from there. Oh, and rewards as well. You have rewards to pick up from Paris. What, the, so, what are those? Uh, uh, rewards? Oh, sanity rewards. Oh, my. Yeah. Sanity rewards. All right, Miss O'Shea, um, do you have any skills that you have the potential to raise? Yes, I have. Start us off, please. Sing. Ooh. No, that's a 61 out of 68. All right. Fighting brawl. That is 36 out of 47. Nothing. Yep. Um, occult, which mm-hmm. I definitely am not going to raise. Let's see. 52 out of 83. Yep. So close. And, oh, spot hidden. 71 out of 75. That's a big goose egg for me. Mm-hmm. Woot, woot. Would you like some luck? Would I like some luck? Always want luck. I mean, I can. So go ahead and roll luck. Eighty-eight out of forty. Wonderful, that's good stuff. So you may take twenty more points of luck. Yeah. Right. Last a game session. Right. <laughs> uh, so that's it for Miss O'Shea. Uh, so Miss Lane. Sure. Um, I had uh, listen. Okay. I got a fifty-eight out of seventy-nine. So nope. Yep. Then I have spot hidden. I got a 38 out of 88, so that's a big nope. Correct. Okay. So you get some luck. You get 13 points of luck. Jack. All right. Let's start with fast talk. That is 67 over 62. Sweet. So 67 over 62 for fast talk. Okay. You want me to roll or you want to? No, no, no. I'll roll. Okay. Just D10. Uh, that's n- what, nine more points. Ooh. Okay. Very nice. Shotgun. Uh, new. First aid. Uh, 57 over 30. <laughs> Take another point the first day. Ooh. Fascinating. Big roller. Big roller. Right. Listen. 57 over 42. Five more points. Well, I'm not going to bother rolling spot hidden. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Stealth. That is definitely not uh, over 82. So that's that. And luck. luck. Okay. See if I could be 96. So close, but no. <laughs> Very well, uh, Doctor. All right. Um, I don't have that. I don't have that many skills to improve. Uh, firearms. Thirty-six over twenty. Okay. Seven more points of firearms. So, uh, next, medicine. 46 under 82, so squat. 
Um, and lastly, psychology. Let's see, 41 under 79. Yeah, that's a tough one. And I, that is it for me, sir. Luck, sir. All right. 96 over 43. Definitely. So that is 11 more points of luck for the doctor. Yay. All right. uh, Sam. Yo. Let's go through some uh, skills. All right. Acting. Uh, That is a failure. 89 out of 65. Yes. Two more points of acting. Ooh. 67 now. So climb is a success. That's 40 or 59. Keep going. Doge. Success 44 over 79. Rifle shotgun is a success 52 over 74. Jump. The failure 77 over 42. Take three more points of jump. Yay. Jump's a very useful skill. Listen. So success 46 over 63. Mm-hmm. Say mechanical repair. Say failure 73 over 60. Okay. Let's see here. That's three more points of mechanical repair. Spot hidden is a success 52 or 58 and stealth to sneaky sneak is a failure 87 or 83 oh boy that's an 83 okay all right so i would like you to add eight more points to your stealth yes and i'm gonna roll 2d6 what's that mean well you have a skill of 91 I do. And that means that you've reached the 90 percentile rank for a skill. And that means you have effectively achieved mastery in that skill. And that means that you get 2d6 points of sanity back. Nice. Yep. Take 10 points of sanity. I can't go past my max, right? You cannot. All right. Cool. I will accept that. Sneaky sneak up to you as to whether or not there is any Arabic or Cthulhu mythos anything. Yeah, it is. I, I will give out mythos. Well, actually, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about your mythos in a little while after the reward stuff. You have to, you have a Sandy roll to make. Good that you sure. just got Sandy. Okay. So I am going to award some rewards for the Paris portion of the story. These are rewards for pretty much everyone. Oh, luck. I'm sorry. I didn't do luck. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Do luck. With a hard success, 18 over 47. Yeah. yeah, you will get 13 points of luck anyway. Nice. Okay. So for the Paris portion, there are some things that the group accomplished, right? So for uh, locating and confirming the photos from the ferry, D4 of Sanity back. Um, because you've also removed the last portion of evidence of that event happening. So there are no more photos of that event now as you have them and the negatives. So you can all you can all take two points of sanity back. Except the Yulani, obviously. Sorry, man. Jack, for dealing with the cover-up associated with uh, Miss Lane's bout oh. in the hotel. Uh, you may have a point of sanity back. Congratulations. 
Thank you kept her out of the papers. For dealing with the Beast of Paris, which is kind of the um, epicenter of what the Paris chapter was about, uh, I am going to award you a D8 worth of sanity return. Because, quite frankly, you put down a <laughs> a, uh, a child-killing ghoul, which is a pretty nasty event. Mm. Okay. And you may take all who are involved in that may take six points of sanity back. Congratulations. <laughs> a little worried over there, Miss Lane? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> the Mediterranean, in the next few hours, eventually gives way. It gives way. It seeds its mighty and powerful depths to sandy shores, palm trees, beautiful Egyptian breezes. The deck over the past several days, Miss O'Shea, has been wonderful. The Mediterranean has been warm, and every day beyond the first has gotten warmer and warmer. Well, um, when I'm alone, I will probably expose part of my back. Sure. To, to get extra warmth. But, yeah. Yeah, it, uh, it's done a number over the past three or four days on the tone of your skin. You've bronzed quite a bit. Oh, I'm sure. Which is a little strange for someone of your um, normal skin tone. Right. The crew really is your first signal of how close you're getting to port. They become very busy. They begin buzzing around the ship and preparing shipping containers. And there's almost a song that kind of kicks up between all of them. That they're seemingly fairly happy about where they're ending up. It's kind of infectious. Like their camaraderie, their teamwork, them, they're just pure joy at being together is maybe a little bit in contrast to the five of you collected there at the edge of the boat. Um, you get your passports returned to you. I'll check them just. It seems Diego's done a fine job. It looks like you were checked into through customs about a week ago and so he tells you that's the story if anyone asks thank you very much you're welcome and be careful Egypt is a deadly place I'm always careful Uh, so you can see out in the as the water gets comes up towards the shoreline you can see the flotillas in the distance and they seem to be unpacking people into these large, wide, like flat bottom barges that kind of float towards uh, Alexandria there. And you're overcome by the sea of people that is waiting at the shore's edge. Whether they be young or old, they all seem to be awaiting this barge as it stops at the pier and unloads just a a, a gush of life. It's just humanity exits the boat and people line up for customs and that sort of thing. And you can just see beyond that crush of people in the actual market itself that sits at the edge here in Alexandria, there are pack animals and people who are 
ready to accept all of these new foreigners into their land. It's almost this rapturous joy uh, with a little bit of frenetic energy behind it. You dock a little bit away from that in this place where it seems that boats that are doing regular cargo shipments take port. And Diego reminds you that to go and to get off the boat as quickly as you can. We'll make it quick. (laughs) Um, You see ropes come out from the edge of the boat and the sailors aboard the ship start lashing them out and hooking them on the pier. And they push the, the plank out and it lands hard on the pier. And a couple of sailors just immediately run off and begin tying off uh, to make proper landfall. As soon as it is available, I am on shore. Yeah. Yeah, clearly I'm sure that you're off first. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so you disembark, and the uh, the rest of you can continue thereafter. Uh, getting back on land is probably takes a, a a few minutes to get used to, just because you've been out at sea. Um, <laughs> the land kind of moves back and forth a little bit. Um, you immediately notice, immediately notice the heat. All of you do. It is warm here, uh, warmer than you may have expected. And even after shedding a little bit of clothes, you can tell that the Egyptian sun is, is, is as advertised. Great. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. You can, you can die a heat stroke too, Mr. O'Shea. Don't think, don't think you can. <laughs> You'll just enjoy it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm melting. That's wonderful. Um, yes, yes, Sam. Whether or not it is to Diego's chagrin, I will likely be relieving the boat of a handcart for transportation of our stuff. I don't think he's going to mind. For two reasons. One, I want to be able to keep an eye on all our stuff. Mm -hmm. And two, I just really don't want to to drag a bunch of stuff around. So I am likely at this point in slacks and undershirt, taking in the sun and uh, waiting to see what the next move is. Sure. Yeah, I mean, from the shore uh, and from the piers, it looks like it wanders directly up to uh, to the markets uh, and to customs and then beyond. It, there's a definite bottleneck. Like you get off the pier and there's really one direction you get to go. And that's deeper into the city. Are we planning on staying here or are we trying to make our way to Cairo? Oh, we're going to make our way to Cairo as soon as we can. Well, we should probably find a guide like Diego suggested. I don't speak Arabic and nobody wants to talk to me anyways because I'm a woman. So those of you with those of you with spot hiddens above 70 are already noticing that you're getting eyeballed by locals. I've already covered my my head up with a a scarf or, or something. Okay, you're covering yourself with a scarf. Yeah, to my hair and stuff to, to be respectful of the sure plus you figured that it would be a good shade yep from the sun from the sun mm-hmm. yes the, there are a lot of men here wearing hats or wearing um, more uh, culturally appropriate headscarves there's a lot of flowing cotton here a lot uh, a lot of folks dressed in white <laughs> you have to change a 
our standard uh, outfits. Yeah, yeah. The, the the suit jack that you're most used to wearing uh, is a little warm. I mean, luckily it's uh, yeah spring in Egypt, so it's only like in the seventies. But still, I, yeah, I just have to look it up because I wanted to know. Yeah. At, at the moment, <laughs> at the, the, yeah. at in, the, the moment. in the spring, and so. Yep, it's uh, it is officially March. You make your way down through the port into where Customs is at. And so as you move your way through Customs, I would like and will call for a group luck roll. So the person who has the lowest luck will roll for me. I get a 54. Mine's a 60. I have 96. Don't look at me. I have a 76. Looks like it's on you, Buttercup. Holy crap. Right, what does Alex thing? have? 60. Okay. 63 over 54. Okay. So you begin to go through customs uh, piece by piece, and all of it goes fairly well uh, until one of the suitcases, as it's on this cart, falls off just by the nature of cart being pushed, it being inspected. Uh, and when it does, it, one of the, the hasps on it, one of the latching portions of the suitcase comes apart. And the suitcase is a bit exposed. And for the briefest of moments, the briefest of moments, you see the stock, that the taken apart stock of a shotgun. I will uh, promptly put my foot on top of the case and clamp it shut and mutter to myself about being such a klutz. I'll make a bit of a show of it. Um, I would like you to make a contested dex versus my spot hidden roll. So you're going to roll dex and I'm going to roll spot hidden. And uh, okay. we're going to find out if someone notices. Would, would sleight of hand be easier? Um, I suppose, which whichever will. Yeah, uh, I'll give you sleight of hand, and uh, it'll be more skill for skill versus skill. Then, okay. Success twenty seven out of fifty three. Very good. Um, you position you, you get things clamped back down. The um, the pressure you apply to the case pushes the stock back in. <laughs> Given that you're in the area, Lonnie, mm-hmm. I would like you to make me a spot hidden roll. three out of 55. Very good. Extreme success. (laughs) So you not only spot the suitcase as it falls off the cart, you spot the shotgun stock in it and then the gentleman who is pushing the cart you spot him we'll say deftly covering it up. I'm so sorry miss. The customs agent does not notice with his 92. Holy crap. It's pretty bad. Well, I'm very interested in the fact that this is... Uh, I will take note of this, but uh, do I see who I'm looking for? You do indeed. Are they with this person? Mm, seems to be. I will immediately head over that way. Okay. So as you guys move out of the customs area, you begin getting... I guess the nicest way to say it is verbally assaulted. You get assaulted with the, a cacophony of people who are coming up to you offering their services. 
90% of them are in Arabic or some type of dialect therein. Um, there are a few English speakers here, but the English is, is very rudimentary. They are offering services to the best hotels. They're asking if you want to see the pyramids. And by, by rush, I mean it's probably eight or so of these tall adult guides along with scores of young children. Some of them are like putting their hands on cases in the expectation that they're going to take you to a hotel. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a feverish rush to get to you. Now, now we're no wait back back back. I uh, put myself like in the center of us because mm-hmm. I know no, no. I, I'll be very uncomfortable. Okay, totally have to watch our uh, wallets. And... I'm resecuring all the things that are attached to the cart. Okay, yeah, you uh, you resecure a few things, and uh, you continue to hear these uh, calls in what you believe is. Um, Arabic for um, their people offering their services, doctor. You keep hearing some similar words, so you, you understand that they must be offering something. And then a couple of words in English, you know, poke through uh, uh, such like hotel. Uh, you hear uh, Cairo quite a bit. Grand Hotel? Is that where, where, or have we booked one? We, we haven't not, booked we a hotel. Not okay. booked a hotel in Cairo yet. I booked a hotel in Cairo. Um, to make our way to the train station between Port Said and Cairo. Mm. Well, Alexandria has Alexandria has its own train station that goes from it to Cairo. Right. You'll have the opportunity to take the train there. Um, but yeah, Lonnie, you do see what you expected, right? The crush of all of the other dragomen and their associated helpers are here to uh, pick clean the foreigners and tourists as they arrive. I will uh, immediately stride through them at a very measured pace with the occasional elbow here or there. Sure. I will uh, immediately uh, try and get as close to the group of uh, foreigners as I can, and I will bow deeply in the direction of the person in the middle of this crowd. Sure. Why don't you explain yourself, uh, describe your character a little bit as you arrive on the scene. It would be average height, except that he is wearing a turban, so he stands out a little bit taller than most. White and red cotton robes, very well presented. A beard, wire-rimmed glasses, which is not very common. Okay. Yeah, um, there's a gentleman in front of you, very, again, fine, colory, colorful robes. Uh, he, he looks a little bit above the cut, we would say. He does not appear like the uh, others that are here. Uh, His robes, his clothing has been cleaned. It seems almost not pressed, but it has been prepared. He's not nearly as uh, um, excited as the rest of them. He seems genuinely uh, amiable. He has a a smile, likely. But beyond that, he seems professional. And he bowed to Maeve. It seems that way. Okay. Uh, First, I'll just kind of step up in front a little bit. Okay. Just can can we help you? As I can help you. I see that you're new here. And uh, 
you will undoubtedly need the services of one such as I to uh, navigate the fine city of Cairo and any points beyond. And you need the best, and I am the best. Allow me to present myself. My name is Adel Zar, and I am a Drago. You see that the other, the other kids and the other, what you imagine are Dragomen around are um, likely maybe a little peeved at his um, grand entrance. Good English. I mean, obviously, yes. Zar's English seems very well put together. So, so far, it's the best English you've heard. Offer my hand as a handshake. I will uh, accept his handshake. What, what do you think? Well, we we need somebody to guide us, and he speaks English. Another gentleman steps up. This man, this man, come now. You need me. He points to himself. This is another dragoman, not nearly as finely adorned. Um, he's likely probably sans five to maybe seven teeth. He says, let, let me show you the wonders of, 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 of Cairo. Let me show you the pyramids. Don't listen to this man. Uh, and you are? My name is Hakim. He bows very deeply. I am happy to show you uh, uh, anything. Let, my, my boys here will take care of everything. Let, gather the bags immediately. Go. No, no, no. I snap no, my fingers. No. Okay. I snap my fingers immediately. In a in a uh, and I give a look to the little urchins with him yeah, that says touch those bags and you die. Um, I will say you are bold to steal another man's luggage. We are all trying to eat, you know that. He says in Arabic. And I will reply back in Arabic, then go eat elsewhere. This is my meal. Alright. He's not necessarily willing to immediately back down, so why don't you roll Intimidate for me? Sure. Nope, 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 nope. 86 over 15 is not going to do it. <laughs> he stands fast and says to you, you won't bully me off them. There's enough meat on the bone, he looks at one of the party. We can both eat. They seem to be having an argument in Arabic. Which one's more aggressive? Give me a psychology. That is a five. So that is a extreme success. Yeah. So yep. well, a couple things are clear, right? This uh, gentleman in the robes, Otto, who's introduced himself, is confident, um, perhaps slightly, slightly arrogant about some of the things that he's professed. But he does seem to have some sort of... Um, he has an air about him, we'll say. The, the second man, Hakim, who came up after him, seems to be... He has a, an almost vulturous feeling to him. Like, he wants to dig his claws into people. Catch Jack's eye. Make a subtle head nod to when, you know, at, not at Hakim, but Jack knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, you're... <clears throat> Your services, while I am certain they are about most compliant, uh, we we will be going with the first gentleman. Thank you. On your heads. He storms off and says something in Arabic, and the kids seem to scatter. I check my uh, check for my wallet. Uh, that's an excellent idea. Why don't you all check your uh, belongings? Yeah. 
Um, and I'll give Sam a spot hidden roll because I'm likely, I'm assuming he was on Overwatch during this. Oh, I have not taken my eyes off of the bags or any, anyone who was near us. You can't play Overwatch while we're doing this. <laughs> so what do we roll for our belongings? Um, just make a spot hidden roll. Oh, I got okay. extreme. Clearly. I succeeded. I'm good. 21 out of 75. Okay. I got a 17. So I'm just like, what is that number? Out of 88. So I'll say this. You, you all seem to have come out, at least from this initial scrum <laughs> uh, hole. But um, Sam, you did have to basically look off a couple of the more um, um, adventurous ones mm-hmm. who are maybe the, a little bit more talented. The deft ones, sure. Oh, yeah. Like there was one. Swat here and there. Yeah. There was one there, probably no more than 12 or 13, That is that is likely a very profitable thief. And uh, they needed more than one reminder, like, uh-uh, not, not this time. The initial pack of them, along with their Dragoman guide, seemed to, to exit after being shooed off by uh, their potential customer. Can I, is there any way, just, just to make a point, I would like him to steal a bullet. No, I think the kids are probably going to drift at this point. Um, they're going to they're going to go attempt to feed somewhere else. Okay, like good. like the pack of you know a wild uh, Dickensian street. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they're all Dickensian, right? Um, you know, they're hyenas. They're out to chew and, and gnaw on what they can get on. That's how this works. Lonnie, you're. Uh, it seems for the moment you have a, a few moments of breathing room. I will uh, bow again and say you've made a most excellent choice. Um, ones such as those cannot handle uh, dealing with uh, people from outside of Egypt with the manner of discretion that they either desire or need. Yeah, okay. Do we know how much this is going to cost us? I will I will make a point of emphasis of discretion. Yeah, so what you, yes, agreed. Uh, what is your service going to cost us? We can discuss that. There's a standard rate. Mm-hmm. We can discuss this. It's not. You're a large party. This will be profitable for all of us. I will uh, say. But first, what would you prefer to do? Secure your luggage? Well, we, we should find you lodgings. Well, we would like to get to Cairo as soon as possible. Indeed. So, Lonnie, you would know uh, that Cairo is about an hour or so mm-hmm. via the tram that's here yep. that runs from Alexandria to, to Cairo. It is likely going to be a packed train car. Um, it's a, a very sardine method that they use. There are other methods of getting to Cairo. Yep. Like if your new charges would like to potentially rent some sort of vehicle, you're talking about an astronomical cost to get a hold of an automobile out here. Um, you could try to angle for something a little bit more private as far as the train goes, but you would be waiting basically until nightfall to go to Cairo, they're going to have to get used to um, the public transportation in Egypt. It'll be okay, Miss Lane. We should um, probably get um, a change of clothes too, so that, you know. Right, we uh, blend in a little better. A a, a little. A little. Are there any nearby clothing shops? You're not sure? Ask your new friend. Well, I would like to. <laughs> I would like to have have them secure their luggage somewhere first. That that seems to be the priority here. That's not a terrible idea. So where do we go secure that at? So my suggestion would be to, uh, for the moment, 
uh, take a room in Alec here here at the port. It's not the greatest, but uh, we can keep your possessions safe there. And uh, while I secure transportation uh, more fitting to the status of your group, uh, perhaps we can see if there's anything you need while we're here. There are some, there are some, there's the market. There are some shops. How much time are we planning on uh, spending before we can be on the move? Uh, it will probably take several hours. You have to thin out the crush of, of people who have just come off the boat and then all of the associated personnel who will be uh, headed back to Cairo to do this again tomorrow. And I would not like to share a train with many of them. It sounds reasonable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We, we could all probably use some more appropriate clothing. Uh, so you go to the local marketplace with the assistance of your new dragoman, Otto. And over the next couple of hours, you tour the market and have access to some relatively reasonably priced clothes. And I think relatively is an understatement. Uh, the markets here for you are, are pretty financially easy to get into. Uh, Otto, you would know that they're going to be paying way more than they likely should, but that's because they're... Yeah, they, they're, get, they get the foreigner treatment. Yeah, they're getting the tourist trap. You're doing your best yep. to make adjustments in Arabic. Like, hey, don't rip these people off too much. Yeah. That sort of thing. Um, so I guess given the availability of clothing in the marketplace, as long as we're not too extravagant, why don't we... Um, redo the physical description of our characters for the new chapter. Miss O'Shea? Well, now I'm tan with chestnut hair. And then I'm just going to pick up whatever clothing seems to be appropriate for women here. Whatever's... Mm, I mean, there's... There are both um, Arabic and uh, English styles here, right? Um, it, Cairo is where e Egypt, Alexandria included, is a major port city. Okay, well then, whatever's going to be comfortable. So probably something white or, you know, yeah. like something loose and, you know. Yeah. Nice. I'll, I'll make recommendations. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there are both dresses and pants available. Um, although there, there are likely way more dresses than others. Yeah, I'll probably just get a couple of dresses. Okay. Miss Lane? Mm. So many pants. <laughs> Just not for you. <laughs> they won't sell you any. Oh, no pants. Fuckers. Yeah. All right. End of the line. One month. Um, dresses will work much better where you're going. Whoa. There's Whoa. no roads where we're <laughs> um, So I, um, I buy a lighter colored cotton dress, um, a couple of them, to kind of help, you know, because of the weather and to match um, the cur current societal norms. And I also buy um, some of the, the headscarves, like the, the lighter headscarves that sure. they have there. Um, mine were silk and probably not as appropriate for the hmm. sun, but um, I kind of want to blend in more than stand out um, with the exception of my blood red boots that I picked up in Venice. <laughs> the, the boots that uh, this woman is wearing are um, they're going to stand out 
even under the dress, someone will likely see that those are those are not inconspicuous. <laughs> Jack, what are what are you um what are you bathing yourself in? Oil of saffron. No, uh, yes. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to basically dress like uh, Rick O'Connell from the Mummy movies. Jesus. <laughs> okay. L- lots of earth tones, boots, uh, scarf. Uh, you know what? I don't ascot. know. If, he yeah, needs I, an ascot. Yeah. Oh, was it an ascot? Mm. I thought. It was uh, I, I think it was more of a scarf actually, because yeah, worked. it like yeah. came down. But yeah. actually, in the desert, there's very good reason for that. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. Keep, your face. keep sand from yeah getting in your face and down your in neck, your mouth, in your yeah. mouth. And, yeah. Get uh, help from Otto here for the kind of stuff that I would need to wear if I went out into the desert. Or, well, it's it's fairly clear uh, to you, Otto, that uh, this gentleman here. Uh, is likely some part of the group security detail. Yep. Um, he clearly needs uh, clothing that can befit and and uh, hold, uh, you know, extra additional ammo. He probably will need some leather belts to to carry such things, uh, and then maybe potentially a, a a band a bandolier of some sort. But you will also be aware that uh, he will likely need a permit. Because while it is acceptable to carry weapons in Egypt, you need to have a permit for them in case the authorities ask. Yep. So I will uh, make note that when we hit Cairo, one of the first things I have to do is secure a permit for it. Mm -hmm. Doctor? Uh, Doctor is going to find a nice, uh, well, Egyptian Egyptian cotton is literally too good to pass up. So he's going to find like an eight or nine hundred thread count, like, loose white suit something to reflect the sunlight okay. uh, and a couple of like thinner undershirts to wear for the days that are really hot and a broad brimmed hat okay something to completely block that and also in white um, okay. kind of like a Panama Jack style sure that's reasonable enough to find likely uh, Sam are you making any outfit changes sure uh, I'm probably gonna go with um, kind of safari wear loose pants tall boots and probably like a like a light, maybe like a twill jacket, mm-hmm. something that'll hang a bit. And I want to get myself a pith helmet. Okay, a pith helmet. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's you not never know if we're going to be lurking around in ruins. I don't want stuff sure. falling on my head. Right. We um, just got to Egypt. It's a little soon to be pithed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I will, so you... I will, of course, you know, find it. I'll make sure that all of my uh, harness and such is properly, you know, concealed and okay. maybe that's why I'm getting the I think it's called a battle jacket whatever these things are called it's just like some, it's like a light twill or a cotton jacket it, it's like broader at the waist there's lots of room for stuff sure so a couple of things are fairly clear Otto, and that is your new customers your new client are making pretty much the the expected moves as as one enters as a tourist, now the clothes the, the, the clothes will not um, they will not shield them from being seen as tourists. They are they are merely uh, playing a, a part in uh, some sort of theatrical play, like they do in the Aspakaya Gardens. Right. Well, that's why I'm glad they hired me because at least I'll be able to get them through this alive. Whatever it is they're going to go do. Um, uh, you also all learn about the currency of Egypt. You learn about the uh, the piaster, and that is the, the coin of Egypt. 
there are a hundred of them in a Egyptian pound. And you learn the transfer rate is likely about one Egyptian pound to every five US dollars. Is it to the British pound? I mean ballpark. Um, ballpark actually right now the Egyptian pound and the British pound are are pretty much one to one. Pretty pretty close. Okay. Yeah. I think that they probably tie the Egyptian pound to the to British pound. Which given what yeah. Britain is currently doing here it makes sense. Uh so after that, your uh Dragoman guide Otto leads you along towards the tram a few hours later. This tram is a little quieter than the one you'd seen leave Alexandra hours ago. Uh, while there are not completely open cars, you're not sandwiched against people. Um, but, uh, Otto, you are fairly familiar that uh, once the tram reaches Cairo and the streets there, it is foot traffic as you go. Well, I mean, there are vehicles, but... Those are few and far between. Indeed. You all bored. So we have some time on the train, right? But you have time. Yet. I'm going to box Audel out a little bit mm-hmm. and kind of encircle in, in the group. So there's something that's been kind of bothering me about how we intend to land in Cairo. And I'm concerned that our reliance on kind of public service arrangements has been to our detriment. I feel like we have needs beyond creature comforts and we represent kind of a meddlesome element to, you know, the schemes of whoever it is that we're potentially working against, which makes us targets. It also tends to make those that choose to house us potential victims of circumstance. As I'm saying is I think we need privacy, additional privacy and potentially security to operate with any kind of peace of mind. I don't know what that means, perhaps a business space or some place that isn't a hotel that maybe we could rent, maybe some place that might serve as, I don't know, an, an outpost office for some globe-traipsing arts and artifact research foundation. I'll look at Lillian. Something that might also show you know, our mutual benefactors in America, like Ramsey, that the legacy they might be hoping to protect we'll see some legitimized progress and investment, regardless of what happens, regardless of what we do. I don't know. Does anyone have any thoughts? Am I am I being too paranoid? I, I, no, I, no, that's not a terrible idea. I, I, I do not think you are being paranoid at all. In fact, the, one of the few things that I have found of to be true of the last few months is that we are almost always being followed. So I guess practically speaking, we would only need enough space to provide sleeping and privacy as people prefer, right? Maybe yeah. a space for experimentation or emergency surgery. If uh, if there are materials, we, maybe we can make a list and acquire them as needed. But I, I guess, I don't know, I'd, it would just be preferable to have a safe place regardless of how indulgent any of our requirements might be. You know, if we really require house service, if we want to hire an administrator or this auto to run us coffee as it's entirely up to you but well i so far he is showing himself to be quite valuable and i'm i'm thinking perhaps that when we are here we are not speaking the language and we are knowing almost none of the customs we stand we are sticking out like the thumbs that are sore which is good we don't want to blend in looking like we do if we blend it in that would seem weird you know odd right 
But we were relying on uh, uh, what, what was this? Arnold? What? I, uh, adult. Uh, uh, adult. Okay, an adult here. Um, for many things that, I mean, heck, I could not even find the pyramids right now on my own, and they are gigantic. So well, we don't really I, know how long we're going to be here, right? Yeah. So I guess what I'm, what I'm saying is, I, I wouldn't have brought this up if I wasn't prepared to do what is necessary on the side of either legwork or acquisition, depending on what we need. But if we aren't in agreement, then I don't know that my suggestion is worth any value. No, I, I think finding uh, finding some kind of uh, rooms or perhaps we could rent. I mean, it is uh, perhaps we are renting a small house apartment. Right. Yeah. yeah? That's what I'm saying. Is, yeah. It, is, it would have adequate space for all of us and would probably be quite easy, quite a bit easier to keep secure. Right. And well, private. I'm, I don't know that we need something super fancy. No, no. no. I said just some place that's secure and. Uh, Right. Has clean water. And if there are things that we want, you know, whether it's a fully stocked wet bar or, you know, we can make these things happen to make people comfortable. Well, I think the I think the idea of renting a small apartment or abode of some sort is, is we don't know how long we're going to be here. It could be an extended stay of quite a while. Right. And, yeah. Um, if we need to research things or bring things back to, we want to we want to remain um, inconspicuous yeah. and not draw attention. And doing that in a hotel, as we've seen, has drawn some attention. And from everything I have seen from photographs and such, Cairo is mostly made of stone, so it should make us take us quite a while to burn it down. Mm. So we should be here for a while. We're not setting don't, Cairo don't on fire. Don't underestimate us. Yeah. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Uh, the tram continues on for quite a while. It takes about an hour to approach the city of Cairo. This city which has seen historically so many changes in so many centuries. Each of you feel likely a little trepidation at approaching Cairo in the evening. As the sun sets here, you see before you the evidence of civilization from not hundreds of years, but thousands. One that is older than you, than you know. And you are truly now foreigners, strangers in a strange land. And we will wait and see what trouble you get up to as we open our Egypt chapter. So thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I have been your keeper and soon to be your guide through chapter four, Egypt. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, 
sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20.